My name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is the delightful and very informative forum known as unexplainedmysteries.com. Now, unexplainedmysteries.com is a place that you might imagine is a place where people come together to discuss their fascination with the unexplained mysteries of this, you know, we're talking UFOs, ghosts, conspiracy theories, things of that nature. Now, of course, your first question is, Lou, have you had any paranormal experiences? And um, the answer is no. I do know someone who said that they uh, have had a couple. But, you know, most of the time they were like half awake, that kind of thing. That's all, lady. She wasn't there. So, no, I have not had a paranormal experience that I can think of. Perhaps a ghost wiped my memory. But um, there's no way to prove it, so I'm going to keep on living my life as if it is not true. Anyway, I will not let that color my reading of unexplainedmysteries.com. So we're going to dive right into the very first post from this forum immediately. And so the first thing that we'll read as we dive into unexplainedmysteries.com is a post in the Board Index, subform Unexplained Mysteries, subform Sightings, Reports, and Experiences in a thread started by Chinese Angel, which is entitled Ouija Board, Gateway to Evil. And there's a subtitle, This is an ancient tool that leads to nothing than craziness. And the OP goes like this. Just to warn people, especially young folks, that Ouija Board doesn't help you to make your life better or help dead spirits. Why do you want to try Ouija Board out? Are you looking for answers from a Ouija Board? Why contacting demons, spirits, etc.? Why do you want to risk your life for just knowing if there is some spirit that exists out there? They say it is a game, but a game of what? A game means you play, like Xbox game, but Xbox game has nothing to do with trying to contact spirits. This is a Ouija board game. That means you are playing with a spirit, demon, djinn, etc. And what does demons do? Or what does demons in the movies? They play with you till you can't anymore. So can I tell you my experience? That it's never too late to stop with the Ouija board or any other dangerous tools to play with demons. But if you don't care about what I have to say or warn you, then I hope you hear on the news someone died or went crazy. If you have any questions about demons, angels, or other things, you can contact me and send me a message. Only if you want to share or have advice. And Relief writes... And Monopoly can send you to jail. And her nibs writes, Sorry, it's a board game. I've used one many times. Nothing. Have you looked into the ideomotor effect? And there's a link that leads to a Wikipedia page which reads, The ideomotor effect is a psychological phenomenon wherein a subject makes motions unconsciously. As in reflexive responses to pain, the body sometimes reacts reflexively to ideas alone without the person consciously deciding to take action. For instance, tears are produced by the body unconsciously in reaction to powerful emotions. Automatic writing, dowsing, facilitated communications, and Ouija boards have been attributed to the effect of this phenomenon. Mystics have often attributed this motion to paranormal or supernatural force. Many subjects are unconvinced that their actions are originating solely from within themselves. And back to the Ouija board thread. I feel that sometimes people who play with a Ouija board and they feel they're being haunted may just be focusing on certain mundane things and attributing them to the paranormal and something and something that was quote-unquote summoned by playing with a board game. And Biff Splitskins writes, 
Seriously though, Ouija boards are nothing more than cardboard and plastic, unless you've got a really old one with a wooden planchette. While recently cleaning my mother's basement, I found one that my sister and I found in the crawl space back in 1976. I was hoping it was in better shape than it was because I wanted to sell it on eBay until I looked up just how little these things go for on there. Then I did the worst evil possible thing with it. I threw it in the garbage. Dun, dun, dun. Yep, threw it in the garbage, and you know what? Nothing happened. Nothing at all. I'm still here. I don't even have little demons chasing me everywhere I go. No fire, no brimstone, nothing at all. Crazy face emoticon. If one believes hard enough that a Ouija board is evil, may subconsciously create their own evil in their own life, it's all in the mind. And Chinese Angel replies, Yes, with Monopoly, you can be sent to Yale if you have bad luck. Same like Ouija board, if you have bad luck, it can send you to Crazy Clinic, maybe not quick, but with time. Smiley face emoticon. And in response to her nibs, the ideomotor effect is true, also it exists, and it happened with people, but that has nothing to do with the Ouija board. The Ouija board is another topic or section that exists also and can be harmful to people. In your case, if you never had any problems with Evil Demon by using Ouija board, then you have luck that you maybe have some protection from God and his angels. If you believe or not believe, but if you say, sorry, it doesn't work, I am happy for you. That means you are not using the Ouija board anymore. And in reply to Bliff Splitkins, Chinese Angel writes, You didn't have demons chasing you because you never used the Ouija board, and that is good. You throw it in the garbage. If you never use the Ouija board, there will be also no demons chasing you or trying to contact you. Well, subconsciously, everything can be in your mind what you want. That is our ability to imagine things, but we can feel things or hear things. That is not normal. And you will only know if you feel something is weird or hear something that is not normal because you hear daily noise of car that you can say it was car. But if you are awake, all alone up in your room, and it is summertime, afternoon, and you have the chills in your room, and it is 30 degree, and you hear voices or sound all around you, and you feel scared, and you know that that is not good. What is paranormal? Because we humans don't even know the answer who made this planet. And we don't even know the beginning of this planet. And that it was a planet before we humans were in it. We are paranormal. Humans, demons, angels, etc. Because we cannot clarify ourselves what our goals are and who made the rules and species. But fact is, meanwhile, things happen in a paranormal way. Bad things. Invisible things. But rules are made for everything. And the lesson is, don't F dot 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 K with bad things. And Skookum writes, In my opinion, the only danger with Ouija boards is your own mind. As kids, quite a few of us use them to make them and play around with them. None of us summoned anything, have been haunted or possessed. None of us went crazy either. If you have a kind of a God-fearing mind or nervous disposition, then anything like this is best avoided. The only thing I regret is all the time we wasted making and playing with these things when we should have been outside enjoying ourselves. I find with most hauntings or possessions cases that people involved are generally very religious God-fearing people. I think quite a lot of them make stories up to gain attention, to gain attention to themselves and get closer to the church. And Willow Dreams writes, We live in a huge world. We have built our homes, our schools, and hospitals, stores, towns on top of Indian burial grounds. We have desecrated Native American spiritual hotspots in order for society to continue and grow. We've even desecrated graveyards of early settlers with little to no respect for their history. And Rocket Girl 33 writes, But aren't you forgetting that it only works if you believe in demons? If someone who does not believe in the workings of the Ouija board will not be afraid of anything and will not be able to summon a demon because they don't believe, and of course, it won't work if you don't believe. I wish you could see how silly that sounds. If half the population of the world believed there was no sun, would that mean that they would live in total darkness for the rest of their lives? Signed, Rocket Girl 
cool face emoticon. And Chinese Angel replies, I never said that Ouija board doesn't work with non-believers. I said that most non-believers has their way of thinking of certain things. A lot of people don't believe demons exist. So therefore, for those people that think that way, it's just all in the mind. But a non-believer with a Ouija board can still summon demons, even if it was just for fun. They will notice it soon or later. Listen, people can decide to believe in something or not. Doesn't matter if they believe in demons or not. Thing is, demons don't care if you believe in them or not of if you know they exist. The demons are creatures like humans. They can decide to do good things and bad things. They can make a choice like us in the invisible world. There are rules made by God. But like the devil, he rejected the rules of God, so therefore he is trying to get as many demons and humans to do bad things in the world. And this thread goes on for 10 pages in which Chinese angel defends his position on the evil of Ouija boards very strongly. But we're going to move on from there to the next thread, which we will find in the Unexplained Mysteries subform Ghosts, Hauntings, and the Paranormal subform in a thread started by Georgia Alice, entitled, Do I Have a Ghost Slash Demon Haunting Me? And it goes like this. Okay, well I know this may sound dumb, but I'm really scared. Ever since I was about eight or nine years old, things have been happening. Like footsteps even though no one else is in the house and things being moved. As time has gone, it has gradually got worse and lately a lot worse. I hear bangs, I have a constant feeling of being watched like someone's watching over my shoulder. It gives me a very bad feeling. I was in bed the other night and something breathed on me. Last night... (laughs) Last night I was in bed and I heard a door downstairs suddenly slam. Then I heard something jump on the stairs. Even though everyone was in bed, my friends are too scared to come into the house too as they say weird stuff happens. The dark makes it twice as worse. And okay, saying that you might just be scared of the dark, but I feel as if it's something else. Also, I hate my legs going by bed. It sounds weird, but I get really freaked out. I have saw the spirit. Most of the time in shadow form, but sometimes in like a man form? The man, he is white, no skin color, with all black eyes. If any eyes. He is about 20 and is super tall. I have saw him at my house, at school, in a road, etc. But when I see him in shadow form, it's so weird. At first I only saw out of the corner of my eye, but lately it's actually been much more confrontational. Like it will just move right past my eyes. One day I was walking down an alley and there it was, just black mist. Although it was huge, it was about 20 feet in front of me and I just kept staring at it waiting for it to disappear, but it never did. I ended up running away from it. It was so weird. It had no face, but it was staring at me. I know it was. I moved my head and it kind of moved head with me. I was so freaked out. Please help me. I don't know what it wants from me and I know that it's real. Should I use a Ouija board and try to contact it. IDK. It's so frustrating. Smiley face emoticon. And Matt108 writes, do not use a Ouija board for any reason. I believe you have a quote-unquote attachment or a demon assigned to you. Be very, very careful about your next move. It wants your attention and is getting it. Demons feed on two things, anger and fear. Don't feed it. If you use occult measures to try to rid yourself of this demon, it will get worse. At first, it might ease up a little and even go away for a while, but it will come back stronger and with more of his friends. It sounds crazy, or I sound crazy, but I am telling you what I know of them based on long experience and study of the demonic. You cannot rid yourself of a demon using the tools of demons. Stay away from the Ouija board. And Para 2011 writes, What is really odd here is that the pale white skinned man with really black or no eyes man I have seen in a dream and I'm serious. Maybe it's a common dream for people, but sometime early last year I had a very short dream, very odd. Can you describe his hair? I remember it being, say, six inches long, but styled in something like, please don't laugh, a James Brown type of odd style. That's the only way to describe it. 
He had a black wool coat on. I was very weirded out about the dream because when he showed up, I knew instantly something was wrong. I could feel the evil coming off this guy. In the dream, I was sitting in my car at night in some small shopping center that appeared to be closed late night. I was parked in one of the storefront parking stalls. All of a sudden, an older late 70s Ford van slowly pulled down the parking lot towards the rear of my car. It pulled up and this guy I described stepped out. I will never forget those eyes or eye sockets as long as I live. They were deep, 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 endless black and a bit oversized. That's why they seem to be more like eye sockets, not eyeballs. Like I said, skin was pale, paper white. As he got out of his van, he slammed the door and shut it, and it sounded like a bomb went off. This is how hard the door slammed. As if he was extremely strong. I basically said, screw this, at that point, and managed to maneuver my car quickly out of there and out of the parking lot. That was it. I have no idea what it meant or anything. As far as the shadow people are concerned, I have stated in another thread, I have seen one recently out of the corner of my eye, with another eyewitness seeing it head on at the same time. They're just as you described. There actually seems to be a lot of people that have seen these things if you do a search online, and they are described pretty much the same. That's my experience. Hope it helps. Good luck. I'm dealing with some crazy stuff right now, too. And Bullvi writes, Have you tried telling him to fuck off and leave you alone in a forceful voice? I heard it works for some people. Worth a try. And Georgia Alice replies, I'm 16. It's been happening since I was young. It's been happening at different places like my nans and at my friends. The house was built in the 60s, so it's not that old. I can post a picture in a couple of days, but my cameras broke ATM. Frowny face emoticon. And, and she replies to Para 2011, Yeah, that's pretty much the same. His hair was black and he had a black coat on. He's never been to my dreams, though. I always see him when I'm awake and he brings a lot of negative energy. And Hatch replies, You've got some good advice so far. Don't use the Ouija board. It can welcome things into your home or life if not done right. Do try to get rid of it yourself. In your best mommy voice, tell the entity to leave. It's not welcome there. Tell it that everything is forgiven and his loved ones wait for him on the other side. Tell him that it is not welcome back. Be firm. Say it out loud. If it works, you will notice the difference right away. If not, then you might want to do some house cleaning. Probably the most important thing is to not be afraid. This entity is probably just a lost soul that thinks you are someone else. It's just a person without a body and they get frustrated too. Demons, while they do exist, are very few and far between. Chances are, you'll never see one. Good luck and tell us what happens. And the living ghost story writes, Demons aren't very few and far between. Demons are waging open war against God and one of their greatest weapons is deception. If one believes they are very few and far between, then one of their deceptions have succeeded. They can also mislead people into living in error and lull them into false assurances and false pretensions, creeping and seeping in with deceptive doctrines. To the OP, I would speak to a minister or pastor of a church that is preferably firmly grounded in the word about this spirit. Spirituality is expressly forbidden by the Bible for this very reason. This current fad of ghost hunting, dollar signs, can certainly be harmful, and from the OP's description does not appear to be a ministering spirit of God. In fact, the Bible states, test the spirits. And Hatch replies, we all have different opinions. Personally, I don't think anyone or thing could or can stand against God, no matter what the Bible says. I will leave it at that. I don't want to get into a big spitting contest with you, and I respect your opinion as I hope you do mine. Seeing a priest or pastor is always good advice, but scaring the OP is not. Being godly is being spiritual, and to see it any other way is very abstract to me. But that, too, is an opinion and not meant to offend. And the living ghost story writes, But the spirit is obviously terrorizing her and scaring her. A spirit of God, an angelic being, would be ministering. It would never take the appearance of darkness nor inhabit darkness. And even the Satan can become an angel of light in order to deceive. The only spirit I want to speak to is God. Anything else is another doctrine altogether. And yes, Ouija boards are the absolute worst solution. 
and Sakari ads. I do not want to see this thread hijacked, but before listening to people warning you about a board game made by Parker Brothers and sold by Toys R Us, please do research on it for yourself. Do a search here for starters. It is a board game, nothing more, nothing less. Any movement by the planchette that may happen is either a person playing around or the ideal motor effect. Back on topic, sorry. I would love to share with you about the fantasy and scare tactics from Religion About Demons. Same there, you can search about that also. I have a thread and have asked anyone to tell me how to get a demon in my home or send one with a curse, etc. It has been well over a year, and even with all the warnings that don't use a Ouija board and be careful what you wish for, etc., etc., nothing has the balls to show up. Or maybe they do not exist. Answer, no, they are a God-fearing tactic, and they do not exist. People think I'm being sarcastic when I say this, but it is true, and I'm giving advance that is backed up with 100% proof to 100% cures. One, have a video camera at all times present. Those things are scared to death of them, and two, do not believe in them, and they will not show up. And Para 2011 replies to Ghost Stories' response about demons waging open war on God. I'm glad you said this because this is exactly the quote-unquote theory I think holds the most weight quote-unquote for me. I've noticed on these ghost shows and even with my own hauntings that these quote-unquote ghosts act generally the same. People never notice they actually try very hard to avoid the investigators directly and avoid the equipment they are using. How many times have we seen a show where the quote-unquote ghosts are telling each other to quote-unquote shut up or as in my case get caught saying quote-unquote, they can hear us. I think they only caught on tape when they don't realize the mics are picking them up, or when they are trying to scare the investigators out of the place, or when they want to deceive them into thinking it's some person that passed so they will leave and not treat them as demons. This is just a theory of mine, but I see a real trend. If these things were people and they were lost yet able to do some of the reported things they can do, they should have no problem saying it out loud or on an EVP clearly what they want to say. They should also be able to show themselves at some point during an investigation when asked and once again make clear what they are trying to get across. But they are very, very evasive and not looking for quote-unquote help in my opinion. But who knows? I actually do stay pen-minded. If you can find that it is something else or actually people that have lived, I'm willing to look at the evidence. I think everyone he has given pretty good advice. My advice, if everything else fails, is to command them firmly, whether deeminged or awake, in Jesus' name to leave. From my personal experience and others, it seems to work every time. Then Para 2011 replies to Sakari's reply. Great advice for keeping a camera around at all times. It's good to have all point of views respectfully here so the OP can figure out what's best for them. We can all appreciate that. I wanted to ask you, though, can you see the theory that I'm sure you've heard from others that if God, Satan, and demons are real, that the best tactic for these evil entities to make sure that people of an atheist background don't believe in God is to stay clear of them? I would think if this was thought as true warfare, then anyone should know that deception, false flags, psychic warfare, etc. would be just about the most important tactics to employ. I'm looking at it like this. If I'm on a mission to damn as many men's souls, created with true free will as possible, brackets, I guess that's the goal, then I would want to believe people that don't believe alone. You never want to let them see the spiritual world and experience things like it because the experience, if strong enough, would plant the seed in their head to at least have to acknowledge the existence of intelligent life in the spirit form at the very least. That opens the door to God existence, especially if the experience is a very, very negative, evil slash non-human one. Not saying that you or anyone like you are going to hell just for not believing, but there are some people that take it overboard and do some really effed up things. Mock God, etc. Because of these kinds of beliefs, so who knows how much 
God would take before he just deems the person a quote-unquote fool, brackets, I think that's a biblical term, LOL, or something similar for not truly seeking God with such lack of faith. Anyway, that seems to be a very good way at keeping a person with atheist views just the way they are. On the flip side, if you have people that believe in God, afterlife, spirit world, etc., and you want them to turn against God, blame God, get mad at God, say he doesn't exist, etc., you need to break them. You need to break their faith. So, this is where you would deploy paranormal harassment and typically keep it to that one person or family so no one believes them and calls them crazy. That literally drives people insane when they are harassed to death, are alone, and have no proof at all to show, and try to get help from others. Other people. The goal is to get the person to think that God has abandoned them, doesn't care, is powerless to help them, as in Satan is more powerful, or just doesn't exist, but the evil entities do. Again, this would explain these entities staying generally clear of investigators and their equipment, brackets, comparative to accounts of things where there is no equipment around. They don't need us proving to the world that they exist, and if we do prove it, they need it to be proving that they are something that they are not like people that have died. That would kill the notion of quote-unquote heaven for some people. All while this is going on, the reason for God to allow it to happen is simple. Faith. Who has it? And who doesn't? This tactic would be separating the men from the boys in this issue, basically. I'm not trying to tell you what is going on. You really seem like a fair person seeking the truth, so I just wanted to ask you if you can wrap your head around that theory. Does it hold any theoretical water? Just want to know your thoughts on it. Thanks. And Mike G replies, I would just laugh at it whenever anything occurs. It is all rather dumb when you think about it. A soul traversing back from the cold, dark talons of death and returning to the world of the living only to noisily walk down a hallway like a drunken stooge. That's pretty lame. If you hear them walking around, just let out a chuckle. And Paranormalcy writes, I notice a recurring theme in the OP's experiences that I think a lot of regulars in paranormal matters will also recognize. Quote-unquote, I was in bed. Quote-unquote, I was going to sleep. Quote-unquote, I had just woken up. Quote-unquote, I had just drifted off while watching TV. I would urge the OP to go through their experiences and write down the ones that had nothing to do with being asleep recently, things that occurred while they were 100% awake, like cleaning up the kitchen in the middle of the day or something like that. Not something where you were in bed or slumped in a chair, but quote-unquote, no, you weren't asleep. I find this takes care of an awful lot of quote-unquote phenomenon, as sleep paralysis is a recognized and valid psychological phenomenon with some very frightening components. You do not have to quote-unquote be paralyzed for it to occur, as the non-paralysis version is commonly referred to as hypnogogia, which I happen to have a link to information regarding in my signature. I would also like to third or fourth the notion that you not use a Ouija board to delve into whatever may be occurring, but only because it is unlikely to lead anywhere productive or relevant to your issue. And Matt108 writes, There is only one way to exercise a demon, and it does not include ignoring it, taunting it, conjuring it, or not believing that they exist. If you see a demon, I guarantee it's going to feel pretty real to you. Anything that is made to communicate with the dead is not from God, board game or not. The most powerful thing on this earth is just a book called the Bible. Ghosts do not move things. They do not harm people physically. If something is doing that, it is either a quote-unquote unclean spirit or a demon. What she has described is a demon. A Ouija board will not only open the door wider and give greater quote-unquote rights to her, God can get rid of this demon through Jesus' name. That is the only way. All other methods are false and temporary. And Beanie replies, 
Bulvii is right. Spiritual traditions all over the world usually have a cleansing ceremony for the purpose of clearing sacred space of negative energy, including the Catholic Church. Native Americans call it quote-unquote smudging, and they use ceremonial dried white sage. Other traditions use sandalwood or cedar incense. Rose and lavender or frankincense can also be used. Light the sage or incense, and once it starts smoking, carry it around your house and let the smoke cleanse the area. The ceremony is driven by intention. If your intention should be clear, state aloud or in your mind something like, quote-unquote, all negative energy must go, only the highest can stay, while you're smudging. We do have some control over what comes into our homes slash lives, and need not passively accept it. You might need to do this several times, but if your intention is clear, it should work. All we need is to have control over our environment in order to feel safe. Added benefit is that it makes your house smell good. And Mike G replies, and Mike G replies, quoting, added benefit is that make your house smell good. That is most realistically the singular benefit. And Georgia Alice, the OP, returns to the thread to say, I've got a picture of my house, and I've also got a picture of something that looks like a shadow with two eyes and a beak. I don't know. It may be nothing, but it look real. And Highlander writes, don't show fear and tell it to leave and that it's not welcome into your home or life. Don't use a Ouija board. And we'll move from that thread, although I will post the picture on the blog of the demon that she captured in her photo. The beak and glowing eyes are clearly visible. I don't know how anyone could doubt it, but we'll move on to another thread in the Sightings, Reports, and Experiences subforum of Unexplained Mysteries. In a thread started by Altered Again, entitled Horrific Things You Experienced as a Child. And it goes like this. What are some horrific experiences and images you had when you were younger? 1. I was always scared of my fireplace ever since this dream I had. In it, I'm on my computer and something falls through the chimney and stands up. It looks like a large dog or wolf, except it's skinless. I could see its veins pulsing with blood. Its mouth is gargling and its eyes are pure white. I can tell it's there to kill me and my family. If anyone ever saw the movie, quote-unquote, The Thing, where the alien dog tries to digest the other canines in the kennel, then you can at least have somewhat of a picture of what the creature in my dreams looked like, except the creature in my dream was a bit larger and could actually stand. Two, when I was younger, I had a big bird pillow. I loved it. One night, I'm sleeping on the pillow, and I hear Big Bird's voice say, Hey! I threw the pillow in the corner and never touched it again. 3. This one is pretty funny. I used to be scared to go into the field beside my house alone because I always thought a demon cow would attack me. 4. Me and my friend saw his long-dead dog's ghost walk through his grandma's door. 5. The first time I saw the movie, quote-unquote, Princess Mononoke, I was pretty young. Late at nights, when I was taking a shower, I always feared the huge boar would crash through my house, killing me. Six, I thought my cat was going to try to kill me one night in my sleep because I kicked it. And Wookie Tim adds, For years I had to sleep on my side facing away from the window in my room. I had dreamed that there was a very tall person standing outside of it with glowing eyes and brackets in my dream. I called my mother into the room and she just looked at it and said, It's just the preacher. Go back to sleep. For some reason, that nightmare, clear as day probably 30 years later, scared me so much that for a period of around three to four years, I had to sleep facing away from the window. And Ashy Romeo writes, Okay, so there was this awful horror game for the Sega Saturn called D. It was a shit game. But when I was little, we used to all congregate in the living room as a family and try to solve the puzzles together. The game was set in a hospital where this lunatic was killing people. His daughter had to come to stop him or something. There was this one scene with spikes in the wall and corpses lodged in the spikes. I consequently became horrified that my own bedroom would have those same spikes and would crush me in my sleep. Ha ha, here, and it has the link to it. It's so cheesy now, but it scared me so badly when I was little. And the skeptic Eric Raven writes, Some smart adult let me watch The Exorcist when I was 7 or 8 years old. It freaked me out so bad that I can't watch it to this day without having problems sleeping for 2 or 3 nights. 
And Mystic Onion writes, There was a quote-unquote disappear corner in my room that terrified me. I used to think if I went anywhere near that corner, I'd disappear completely. Also, I thought there was an invisible burning quote-unquote thing in the same corner that was still alive but very much on fire. And Undead Skeptic writes, I had a teddy bear. One time I woke up late at night and saw it standing at the foot of my bed. I was frozen in fright and it took a step towards me. So I kicked it. In the morning, it was still on the ground. It was definitely a waking dream, but scary nonetheless. And Blatant Narcissism writes, When I was about eight, for about three months, I went to bed and saw a girl stand near the wall of my room, made of light or something glowing white, wearing a floor-length dress, just watching me. I called my mother in once. She couldn't see it. I tried to say hello a few times, but I was too scared. Years later, I dreamed about a similar girl telling me about, quote-unquote, the universe. But I'm not sure if it was the same girl or if either girl was real. And Fenris 1011 writes, When I was about 11 years old, I watched my best friend shoot himself in the head at his birthday party. It was a pellet gun and he always had a twisted mind. I think he thought the gun was empty, so he pumped it up, put it to his head, and pulled the trigger. All five of us were in his treehouse. It went off, and at first he stood there, and we started looking at each other like this was some sick joke. Then he fell over on his side, crying. Blood was pouring out of the side of his head. I picked him up and ran inside, and his mom called the hospital. I thought he was going to die. I was actually pretty sure of it. But no, the pellet is still in his brain, and he is alive but has serious mental problems. He still acts like a kid and stuff. And the 14U2C writes, I witnessed firsthand what a hurricane can do up close. We lived in Cutler Ridge in Miami when Hurricane Andrew passed over us. There are a couple of things that stand out. One is there were four of us standing on our garage door and it still blew in. Our roof actually came off and slammed back down the whole thing. We had to rescue our neighbors. Their house was totally gone. After the storm was just about gone, we went out and saw total devastation. There was a zoo and an Air Force base not that far from us. They were animals, not typical small ones, laying around the streets. A horse somehow got stuck on a power pole. It was dead. There were monkeys running amok. People were shooting them because it was rumored that they had escaped from an AIDS lab. (laughs) Oh my god, okay. There were monkeys running around amok. People were shooting them because it was rumored that they had escaped from an AIDS lab and could infect people if bitten. I saw dead people and parts that were scattered around. Never found out where they came from. My dad had an idea they were homeless people or from somewhere other than our neighborhood. Some of the stuff I have seen or been through, I should write a book about. And Seth the Fallen writes... Horrific as a child, let me see. I don't really know to be stupid to care about such trivial stuff. Perhaps, son. Remembered some things. One, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the dark. Dressed man might come and take me away. I don't know why, but it scared me so much I did not dare go out for a while. It was just a dream, but it really freaked me out that the thought that the man might show up. Two, I was afraid of being abducted by aliens and never coming back to Earth because aliens would change me or experiment with me. Made me scared of being alone too much. Three, I was afraid of The Ring. The first time I saw the Japanese movies, I was so scared of my television, I turned the screen down so nothing would be able to come out. Four, also, I thought there was a creepy thing on the toilet that would come up if you went on it and drag you down to another world or put an alien thing in my ass. Or in worst case scenario, go inside me and take control. Five, I was also scared that if I felt anything, that anyone I cared for would die because of a demon or be fated to be hurt. Six, I was afraid of it when I showered and I did not shower much because of the movie as a kid. Seven, I was scared that the Hufsa would come from the mountains or something and freeze everyone, be eaten by a giant mount or something. Eek, she was scary. Made me afraid of the winter mountains for a while. 
Eight. Oh, another time I was creeped out from going to the mountains believing a troll would eat me or some scary giant black eagle. Nine. And the worst thing that freaked me out was the thought of getting a spider inside my ear after reading about someone who had a spider inside their ear laying eggs. After that, I always slept with something over my ears, thinking that a spider would go inside. Ten. Edited to put this in, I was afraid to stand out when I was young. Also, I thought if I stood out in any way or did much, I would end up in another world. That I would be spirited away. So I decided not to stand out, to try to be invisible. So no one would notice I existed. Just some childhood frights. And Dr. Peter Venkman adds, When I was a kid, around seven or so, there was a German shepherd that used to jump my fence and attack my dog, who was just a medium-sized, good-natured mutt. After one trip to the vet and my parents discussing things with the owner, it happened again. This time, I ran straight past my parents and attacked the dog with a bat. I was scared out of my mind, but every time he tried to attack me, I knocked the snot out of him. After about three goes, he was done. Animal care picked him up. I don't know what happened to the dog, and I honestly feel terrible to this day over the situation. But my dog couldn't defend himself. The water hose my parents were using wasn't working, and I just had enough. Horrifying and sad night. And this thread goes on for a while, but we'll end with this post from ZombieKill999, which goes, I got up one night, took a piss, and went back to bed. Looked at the doorway. I left the light on. I was sure I never turned it on. Oh well, I went to the bathroom. In the sink, a single frayed rope lay like it was stuck down the drain. Brother must have been screwing with it. Next day, a picture of a teenager in the paper. Hung himself about three houses down. The rope was an old frayed rope like the one in my sink. When I took a shower that morning, the rope wasn't there. Ooh. And we'll end this episode of Lou Reads the Internet for You by reading a thread from the Unexplained Mysteries, Subforum Ghosts, Hauntings, and the Paranormal Subforum in a thread by Para2011 entitled Real Paranormal Voicemails, Brackets, Proof, Subheading, Actual Recordings of Paranormal Slash Demonic Voicemails. And it goes like this. Hey, everybody. As you can see, I'm new here. I found this site from doing Google searches on this topic. A couple of threads came up in Google of people telling their story of paranormal voicemails that they have received in the past. I noticed none of the threads had actual recorded proof, so I'm here to break the trend. My family and I have been experiencing a pretty extensive haunting that involves two different family houses. The entities seemed to have partially come over from one house to the other, but still haunts both houses. They seem to be attached to a particular family member here in the house that I'm in right now. It's a very, very long story. Many things have happened, and it started maybe a year and a half ago now after a family member passed in the other house. The entities tried to fool other family members into thinking it was the family member that passed, but we soon figured out it was not them. When they were confronted with this, they stopped trying to act like that family member and started doing a bunch of different talking and general harassment. So anyway, fast forward to the past few months. We started getting phone calls into the house landline phone, which is a digital phone and a base that is a voicemail center coming from a different 1-866 and 1-800 numbers with odd messages that was weird. Whispery but loud, scratching, almost word-forming sounds in them. But we found that the numbers are coming from real telemarketers and bill collectors. A couple of cases were local numbers as well. But these entities are using their phone systems to call the house. An example of this... (laughs) An example of this is on occasion a real telemarketer would call and attempt to leave a message, but the same crazy scratchy voice starts making noises and talking while the person is trying to leave the message, and it seems like the person on the other line can actually hear it going on live, and they sound very confused and weirded out by the end of the message. In addition to that, I have a recording of a week's worth of messages, one message every day for a week, where these things use the automated voice that the telemarketers slash bill collectors use and changed it to say what they wanted it to say. We actually have received a real call before the entire real automated message, 
message. These entities changed the message to simply say, bitch, this is not a collect call for seven days straight in a row. I have that recording on my tablet and will load it up, bracket, need to buy another charger for it, might have one by tonight. So that was one of the big ones, and then one that I have already loaded up happened around the same time and is the most impressive out of all them to me. It is a 30 to 40 second message of this thing talking on the voicemail. It's actually saying one of the person's names in the house three times. That name is Antoinette. I have the link to the audio here. I will link to it on the blog. I almost forgot to mention that the same voice in the link above is heard in real time barking into live calls on my cell phone and other family members' cell phones, scaring the daylights of one person on the other end. We have already made a private investigation, and the investigators witnessed on this two live phone calls where I was put on speakerphone. My friend to this day hears it about at least twice a month now. He just hangs up when he hears it and tries to clear the line. Okay, fast forward to this past week. I was not home for a while, out on job training. When I got back, I was told the black shadow figures were seen darting across the living room area a few times the week before. I was also told that more messages had come across the voicemail. It plays out loud like an old tape machine when the call comes in. So I went to check the message and see what was on it and got this. Did you see me? I'm starting to record video of the messages playing as well as recording just audio now. Sorry, it's a little dark. I've posted on the taps before and have posted this backup. I'm kind of making rounds just to share this and get it out. I'm a pretty private person. I don't want any publicity. I just want to share this because I know it doesn't happen every day and we need all the evidence we can get to try this, figure this crazy stuff out. I noticed on YouTube there are people with similar voicemails and stories. It looks like these things are getting hip with the times and using new tech to their advantage. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks. P.S. Here is the link to my SoundCloud page. I have a lot of audio of the very loud Class A ERVPs, EVPS, from the other house. At one point, there was loud banging going on for house doing the night. On those tapes, be advised there are only two older people in the house both asleep in different parts of the house. And Colorado Paranormal replies, First of all, welcome to UM. Thanks for posting your claim and having quote-unquote evidence to back it up. That said, I did not hear anything in those voicemails that would lead me to believe it's anything paranormal. You say there is a VM that the telemarketer has their message broken up by some other voice and they're startled by it? Anyway, we could hear this or the one, bitch, this is not a collect call. I'll get further into details about this after you provide those. Thank you. Added, I went to your SoundCloud page. I'm curious, why do all your EVPs loop? Is it that you're editing them to reiterate your quote-unquote evidence, or are you claiming this is how they were originally recorded? And Para2011 writes, Hi, thanks for listening. I'm stunned you quote-unquote don't hear anything in those messages. I would ask that you please give them another close listen. The calls that had the telemarketers talking on them were deleted. Many voicemails were deleted by the other family member in the house. I have since told her to stop doing this, to not delete anything until I have reviewed it. The call that has the automated voice saying, Bitch, this is not a telemarketing call, sorry if I said collect in the original, my mistake, is on my tablet and not loaded yet, but the battery is dead and my charger is broke. I think I might run down to the store if it's still open and grab one now, though. I can have it loaded up in the next hour or so. As far as the EVPs on the SoundCloud page, I forgot to mention that some of them are looped. I did originally did that so people wouldn't have to play them over and over again. Some of them have two or three examples, original original dry and EQ'd versions. Some of them need EQ to cut away the noise freaks, and some were really just loud and did not need anything in them at all, and none have anything added to them, just looped or freaks boosted cut. And Colorado Paranormal says, No, I hear what you're claiming is there. However, I'm saying I don't hear anything that I could 
conclude as paranormal. When I get home to my workstation, I will do some more investigation into the sound files. Please don't take this as me attacking. I've been doing this for many years, and it takes a lot to satisfy my investigative checklist for solid evidence. I really appreciate your time, and also having some information to back up your claim. You don't know how many people come on here making amazing claims, then promise to give evidence, and never do. And Mooney2012 writes, I can't equate quote-unquote paranormal to quote-unquote voicemail. Sorry, I don't believe a spirit can access the cell phone network, let alone hack it to leave a message. BS all around. And Para2011 writes, Wow, well I can only hope it happens to you. It's your opinion and I'm not going to try to force you to believe it. I know it's hard to believe, but it's happening, and it seems I'm not the only one. Several people have heard this voice break into my calls on my cell phone, as well as the same voice on the long messages. I can only hope you get to experience it one day. Thanks for listening anyway. And Mooney2012 writes, I didn't listen to it. EVPs are very subjective. The concept of ghosts leaving voicemails is just too preposterous. Edit. So I listened to a couple. I heard absolutely nothing, but this is not a telemarketing call. A computer glitch, a joke, no idea why you call this paranormal. There's nothing that makes this ghostly. Somehow you got a bad telemarketing list. The fact that you looked at the paranormal to explain this is rather pathetic. How could a misdial slash computer slash butt dial not do this exactly? And Para2011 writes, Well, thanks for listening at all then. I'm not going to argue with you. If you say you didn't hear the very loud bitches being said before this is not a telemarketing call, I don't know what to tell you. It's the same voice that's saying this is not a telemarketing call, the automated voice. That has to be one extreme case of denial to not even acknowledge that you hear the word. But to each his on, thanks anyway. I'm thinking now maybe I've become numb to the whole thing. It must be so outlandish that it's impossible for some people to even process. If you read the description on my YouTube video, it will give you the further info that there has been private investigation done at the house and investigators have heard these voices break into my cell phone calls and other family members' phones themselves two to three different times. They came out, collected evidence, including some EVPs, and yet again the same voice saying they can hear us right here in the very bedroom I'm in right now. I was standing here when they got it. It's not a low south voice. It's a pretty loud whispery voice just like the long voicemail. I want to keep private, but you can contact Paul at HPI in Sacramento, California. That's who conducted the investigation there. Ask him if it's real. Maybe that will help you out. And Mooney2012 writes, I heard the bitch part, but that means absolutely squat. It's a repeated recorded clip that could have been collected anywhere. So what if it even says bitch? Seems like a common response to telemarketers slash collections agents. Recorded by computer and repeated. Paranormal how exactly? You think living people don't call telemarketers names? You think telemarketing computers don't screw up? and call the wrong people over and over and repeat recorded crap? I know for a fact they do. If you consider this garbage proof, you had better reevaluate what you consider proof. This is proof of nothing other than computer error slash and slash or a collection agent messing with you. And Xanthurian 2 writes, I can hear the so-called quote-unquote paranormal voice, but I don't think it's real. Has the ghost or whatever done other things, physical things like moving stuff or turning lights off and on? And Para2011 replies to Mooney2012. Hmm. Let me think. Why would I look to the paranormal? Oh, yeah. This house and another family member's house has had paranormal activity off the charts for the last year and a half. That might be it. Seriously. You think a company is going to put themselves in this type of legal jeopardy, calling someone with that kind of automated message every day for a week straight? All the while, I just happen to be getting calls of whispery voices saying family members' names, as in the long voicemail, while my friends are hanging up on me during live calls on separate lines saying they hear this loud whispery voice talking in the phone come on now man wow yeah i think i will consider that it's paranormal and mooney 2012 writes you are paranoid beyond belief there is no hope for you have a nice day
Okay, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Lou Reads the Internet for you. What do you think? Was the man's voicemail being haunted by demons who are computer savvy? Or is he just a paranoid nutjob? I don't know. The, the answer may have been at the end of that thread, but I certainly wasn't going to read it. You can find it on the Unexplained Mysteries forum if you so desire. I hope that everyone made it through the podcast without getting too spooked out by uh, the ghosts and goalies and ghosts and ghoulies and boos and spooks uh, mentioned in this episode. Um, You know, sometimes when I read ghost stuff, I get kind of creeped out and then I sort of have to bring myself back down to reality and say, nah, still fun to listen to every once in a while. Ghost stories, not much more to say about that. I kind of wish I'd gotten into the more of the uh, alien conspiracies and the UFO junk, but the skeptics have that stuff pretty locked down a lot of times, I find. Anyway, so what's going on with you guys? I uh, wanted to just mention quickly that I just stopped in at uh, the Lou Reed's page on iTunes, and we have a hundred reviews for the first time, and it only took two years to get there. So, yay! Less than three. Almost three, but less than three. So, uh, thanks for everyone who's been putting up the uh, reviews on iTunes. I really appreciate it, and keep doing it. If you haven't done it, do it. Um, I heard on another podcast today, that's how iTunes determines how popular your podcast is and whether or not to give it more focus is, you know, how many subscribers you have and how many reviews you get. It's not just how many downloads you get. They don't really keep track of that stuff because the actual downloads don't go through them. They're just sucking it from wherever you have your podcasts hosted. Anyway, let's get into how the internet works. Um, and besides that, what else is going on? Not a whole lot. The year is starting off really weird. I've been having all kinds of technical problems here. And this new microphone is taking a little while to get used to. I had a lot of uh, poppin' peas on this episode, and I really had to uh, edit out a lot of them because this new microphone is sort of positioned weird. But uh, I'm working with it, so we'll see how it goes. As you may have noticed, I have stopped trying to keep the episodes 29 minutes long. The reason I was doing that was to try to keep them uh, in this time limit that Radio Reddit was demanding. But, you know, just in the end... It was causing me a lot of stress trying to like make things all even out to be that long, and I was feeling like everything was too short, so I've just decided to to go freeform again, and the lengths will be all varying length staff from now on, and uh, hope that the Reddit listeners will understand. So this episode, we're just going to tidy it up here nice and neat at the end. Everyone, just please, if you are being haunted, politely ask the spirit to leave. And when you meet people in the street, politely ask them to listen to Lou Reads the Internet for You. It's a very polite thing to do, don't you think? Anyway. All right. I'll leave you guys alone. Thanks for listening. My name's Lou. This has been Lou Reads the Internet for you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Ladies. Oh, yeah. Are you ready for the podcast that lets you go four guys wide? Get it going. Do your ear holes ache? is about to come. I want to do some sex. Slap some KY on them earbuds and slide them on in and get ready for the most medium experience of your life. And just get a little tickle on the Medium Bus Podcast. The Medium Bus Podcast. Find us on iTunes and on the internet at www.themediumbus.com.